0: started a series second message in it on honor called building a culture of honor and uh, last week we spoke and preached to you out of Ephesians about how honor has to start in our house our homes so the second message teaching the next generation to honor the Lord how's that for a long title Here we go. First Samuel chapter 1, I want you to find verse 19 and we do have notes for you again. They're attainable on the on the app should you so desire. First Samuel chapter 1 starting in verse 19, there are notes being passed out as I understand it. We all y'all got notes yet? All right, are the notes on the way? They're working on it. All right, good. We're going to get after it, ushers. Get a grip. I'm just teasing. Come on, what? what? Okay. These guys work. Put your hands together for the ushers. Thank you, Jesus. They're like, man, we just received the offering, and they're sprinting to get the notes. They do such a great job. I appreciate you. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse... 19. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and they went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made, well, wow, you can fill that in. <laughs> Hallelujah. He got together with Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her, so in the course of time, <laughs> I think I just about blushed. Jesus, help me Word of God. Hallelujah. Alright, what version I got here? Alright, NIV. So in the course of time. Uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. In the course of time, Hannah became pregnant. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Just reading something just tripped me straight up. Are oh, you guys aren't paying any attention? You're trying to pay attention now, it's too late. You don't missed it. <laughs> All right, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. And he, and he heard that's what Samuel means. Go to verse 24. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord of Shiloh, When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, Lord, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He'll be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Go to 1 Samuel chapter. Two now, First Samuel chapter two, and find verse twenty-seven. First Samuel two and twenty-seven. If you're all there, say amen. "Amen." Now, a man of God came to Eli and said to him, "This is what the Lord says: Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' family?" when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh. I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. Verse 29. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and to offering that I prescribed for my dwelling. Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice part of every offering made by my people Israel? Therefore the Lord God of Israel declares, I, I promise that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it for me. Those who honor me. I will honor. Everybody say that. Those who honor me, I will honor. Let's read the rest of it. But those who despise me will be disdained. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house so that no one in it will reach old age. And you will see distress in my dwelling. Although... Good will be done to Israel. No one in your family line will reach an old age. Every one of you, my goodness, every one of you that I, do, that I do not cut off from serving at my altar, I will spare only to destroy your sight and sap your strength. And all your descendants will die in the prime of life. My goodness. Verse 34. And what happens to your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, will be assigned to you. They will both die on the same day. My goodness, let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We see a father and a mother portrayed in the text. We see a mother, her name is Hannah. We'll talk about her in a moment. The way that she lives and what she does brings not only honor to her house, but honor to a nation. And in fact, we're even... Affected by his words tonight. The words of Samuel. It said of the prophet Samuel that none of his words fell to the ground. And yet there's a father here who did not respond rightly. Did not honor God through his children. And as a result then dishonoring God. And causing a curse to come up on his family. The greatest responsibility you have as a Christian. Parent is to raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It is the greatest call. If you have kids, that is the greatest calling you have in your life. And if you put something above that, you better get it straightened out. The greatest responsibility of Christian parents is to raise their children to bring honor to the Lord. Now last week we talked about how honor starts. Honor starts in our homes. We looked at Ephesians chapter 6 and about how children, everybody say children, children. Children, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. There's three different aspects of that talked about, how it's right and how it'll give you a long life. And it's the will of the Lord for you to obey your parents in the Lord. Parents in the Lord is a whole other message. There are parents that are not in the Lord that give commands and abuse their children. That's not what he's saying. But he is saying children need to obey their parents in the Lord. And how honor is to be started and cultivated in our homes. If you don't teach your kids manners, they're not going to have any. If you don't teach your kids to honor, they're not going to know how to honor. If you don't teach your kids how to give, they're not going to give. You know, kids are amazing when they... And uh, Pastor Curson and much of our children's staff can tell you, you know, kids, when they come up, it's just kind of like... You know, you find out what's going on in the home, not that we're trying to find out, but I mean, they come up and they're just, they're like, I need prayer. Mom and dad fight all the time. Okay, no problem. You know, kid, kids kids reflect what's going on in the home. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, 4, talking about a leader that he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. Is it qualifications for a leader? He's got to manage his own household well and see that his children obey him. Are you saying to me that if children disobey their parents and that, that disqualifies them? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I heard growing up in this church you know, from Dr. Morocco, he would tell his kids, he'd tell his kids, listen, if you don't live for God and you don't obey me and obey God's word, I can't be in ministry. I can't be a pastor. If you don't do that, I have to step down. And I heard that so much then when I had my own kids, I told them the same thing. You don't serve God. I'm disqualified. So if you, if you throw in the towel and decide to rebel, it's over for me. He said, well, what about, what about kids that rebelled that, you know, once they grew up, well, once they're on their own, they're on their own. But if they're in your house and you're responsible for them, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You're responsible for them. You've got, you've got to have house rules. you got to teach them to obey. They, listen, they don't like it. So what? They don't like their greeny, leafy vegetables either. You make them eat it. You make them go to school, right? You've got to, make, you've got to teach them to obey. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 6, an elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe. And are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. So are you telling me a qualification for a leader, for an elder, for a pastor. Is that their kids actually have to be obedient and and compliant. Not wild and disobedient. Yes. Absolutely. Because God is concerned about honor being passed on to the next generation. He's concerned about that. And that happens in the home. That's why there's been such a wild demonic attack against marriages, destroying homes, destroying men, women. The gender issue, destroying marriage, so the kids don't have parents, trying to just if you destroy families, you destroy the building block of of nations. It's God's plan, it's God's intention for that you would not only that you would not only honor God, but you would pass on honor to the next generation. So, we talked about that in, in our, our first message. Let's look at this text now. Hannah has a great need. She's barren. It's really, really one of my favorite scriptures. Many years ago, the Lord showed me that in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she's provoked by her rival. So, this man has two wives, and we won't get into all of that, but one wife gets pregnant, and Hannah. Who's his favorite doesn't. And year after year, the, the woman who had children would provoke, would tease the one na 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 foo foo. I get babies and you don't. And that went on year after year after year after year. And it provoked this, this woman, this wife Hannah, to the point where she was broken and she couldn't take it no more. And that brokenness pushed her to prayer. You know, all brokenness and despair ought to push you to prayer. Hey, that rhymes. Let despair push you towards the Lord. You know, the things that are provoking you right now, let it drive you to your knees and watch God break through in your life. So she had a great need. She's barren. You can write that in your notes. That was considered, uh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult for anybody to be barren. But back... Back in you know, the, the first century and prior here in the Old Testament, to be barren was to be considered cursed. So if you didn't have kids, you're considered you're cursed. And so it was a very difficult thing. She's ridiculed by the, her husband's other wife. And she seeks the Lord and makes a vow. In verse 11, we read it. She, 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 made, a, uh, she made a vow. Lord Almighty If you only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give unto the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. It's a Nazarite actual uh, anointing and and vow that she makes for her son. So she gets pregnant and and, God hears her prayer. She's accused of being drunk, which is actually, it's fascinating because She's there and she's at Shiloh. There's no temple yet. The ark is at Shiloh. And she's there and she's crying out and her lips are moving, but there's no words. Which should tell you what prayer was like. Prayer had words, mostly, out loud. Everybody say, it's out loud. Yeah, it's out loud. And so when the high priest, the pastor Eli, comes and sees that she's crying out to God, but there's no words coming out, he accuses her of being drunk. And she says, "What are, you, are you, you considering me a wicked man? Drunkenness, intoxication was wicked in the Old Testament as well as in the New. No, there is no, there's no difference today. But God hears your prayer. And the name of the baby is described, Samuel, which is to describe which God God hears and God, God sees. He knows. After the child is weaned, we're right there at number five. The child is weaned, probably about five years old. We don't know for sure. I mean, that's a long time to nurse, and all the women said amen. But she fulfills her promise, and she brings Samuel, her baby, and turns, can you imagine, the heart-wrenching giving over of her son. I imagine it was a time of celebration, but a time of real heart-wrenching giving her five-year-old to be raised in the house of the Lord. On the other hand, you have Eli. He's a semi-retired high priest. That's kind of how I want to call him. He's definitely the high priest, but he he really seems semi-retired. He just doesn't do his job. That's why I call him semi-retired. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. And he's informed by a prophet, and actually he he knows what his sons are doing, but a prophet comes and calls out the sin. He's informed that his sons are involved in sexual sin, theft, and abusing the people and dishonoring God. And you you wow, I mean you would think, you know, that you would think that he does something and he does. It does it's not like he doesn't do anything. He does rebuke them and you can go and study this out. He corrects Hophni and Phinehas, but he doesn't implement he doesn't implement the proper correction. He tells them, "Hey, you should stop doing that." And they're like, "Yeah, dad. Maybe right. Whatever." I mean, that's the bracken version. They continue to do this. He should have removed them from office. He should have removed him from ministry, but he doesn't. He rebukes him, but he doesn't remove him from the office of, of priest. And God warns Eli twice. He warns him through a prophet. Then he warns him through this little baby boy prophet. He warns him through Samuel. Samuel's afraid of telling him. I love that verse of scripture that when the Lord first speaks to Samuel, he gets up and he runs to the, runs to the pastor and he says, what is it? And he said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. He goes back to bed and he hears Samuel again. He gets up and runs to the high priest. What? And, and the e- Pastor Eli says, hey, go back, man. Maybe it's the Lord. If it's the Lord, it's a, here am I. Amen. So he goes back and then it says the Lord came and stood next to Samuel and said, Sam, here I am, God. Can you imagine the little boy just totally shocked? You know, God can speak to little boys and girls. In fact, God does speak to little boys and girls. And all you little boys and girls, and I know we're all children at heart, but some of you are actually children as in age. God will speak to you if you'll ask him to. God will speak to you. You go to bed tonight and say, oh God, here am I. Speak to me. He'll give you dreams. Just share them with your parents. Write them down if you're able to. Come on, God will give you dreams. My kids dream prolifically. God speaks to them in dreams. He shares it with us. And many times, they're secrets that, that the Lord wanted to reveal to me, confirming things to me for the church, confirming things for my life. So He's warned Eli's warned twice, but he doesn't act. My goodness, what is the result of what Hannah and Eli did? There's is two different results. Hannah's son becomes a mighty judge. None of his words fell to the ground Samuel a mighty prophet. When Samuel showed up weather patterns changed. Pretty anointed guy. Eli's sons both die in the same day as a sign of the curse. And Eli himself died in the same day as his sons. It says that he felt, when he heard about his sons being ca- be killed, and the ark of God being captured, he fell over and broke his neck, for he was a fat man, a heavy man. Whoa. For those of you online, it was a feather. I, I, I'm not sure what that means, but I just thought I would grab it. Praise God. Oh. some of you are like, "What's he gonna do? Is he's coming this way?" Oh, wow, how cool! Thank you, Jesus. What's God speaking to us about in this text? Really simple. It's, it's very simple. The willingness to sacrifice to honor God through your children is key. Amen. If you don't learn to sacrifice to honor God through your children. I mean, how difficult was it for Hannah? I mean, I, I can't imagine. Lord, you know my heart. I'm just going to keep them. You understand? <laughs> sacrifice. You know, nothing happens without Sacrifice. What sacrifice have you made so that your children will honor God? What sacrifice have you made so that your children will honor God? Well, what do you mean? Listen, I, I've, I've been serving the Lord a little while, not as long as some of you, maybe longer than others. And, and um, if you've been in church for any length of time, you've been in ministry for any length of time, I'm gonna tell you what you see. What we see is, we see occasionally, maybe frequently, people invest in a brand new car, but don't send their kids to kids camp. So they'll they'll get a huge car payment, but they can't afford to send that. I mean, I've had people tell me, no, I can't do that. I, no, actually, it'd be better that you got a used car and sent your kids to kids camp or you sent your kids to... Sent your kids to a mission trip. It's you have to sacrifice. Well, can I do both? Well, sure, you can do both, but you ought to do both then. Right. You have to say, What have you done to see your kids serve the Lord? Hallelujah. It requires sacrifice. I've raised my children here among you, and I'm still doing that. And I only have one son home now. He'll be home for another. Three years, three more years. I got you. It requires sacrifice to raise your kids, and 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 it's a joy. It is. But if you don't learn to sacrifice to teach your kids to honor God, what makes you think they're going to honor Him? I don't know. Somehow, somehow people think that you know pastors just want to come to church every Sunday. There there are some services where I'm. But she laughing at? What's she laughing over here. Listen, I, I love the Lord with all my heart. There are times when when I'm thinking, um, do we really still have Sunday night? Occasionally that happens. Not because, because, you know, you get tired or whatever. It, sometimes it's a sacrifice to come to church, honestly. Most of the way that, that we feel in our house is, is man, it's the biggest party in town, and yeah. we we just really love coming and worshiping God and just love Him. And it's just our, our whole social life, too. But there's times of raising our kids where they're like, Really? Are we really going to church again? Yes, we are. We're really going to... I remember this one guy was saying that, you know, my mama drugged me. My mama drugged. my mama drugged me to church five times a week. Drugged me to prayer. Drugged me to service on Sunday night. Drugged me to Wednesday night. And as a result, I love God and I'm blessed. It's a sacrifice at times. And it had to be difficult for Hannah. But there's got to be a willingness to sacrifice to honor God through your children. Your children have to see you sacrifice. You never sacrifice for God, don't expect them to sacrifice. You're never overcoming your flesh, then they're not going to overcome their flesh. You don't, you don't learn to, to, to love and to, and to give of yourself and to turn the other cheek, you don't, then they're never going to do that. No matter what you tell them, you know that old saying, don't do what I do, do what I say, doesn't work. Oh, they might say that and, you know, they might do that in in front of your eyes, but later they're going to be exactly like you. Well, Amen. thank you, Pastor Vince. Praise God. B, those who honor me, I will honor. You know what happens to her is that she has, I think she has five more children. You can go look, but... God, she was barren. She has a child. He gives a child. God gives her five more kids. Blesses her. You can't outgive God. Eli, on the other hand, well, his lineage doesn't even exist anymore. There's times where you've got to practice tough love. That's a tough love. anybody ever heard of that? Tough love. I don't know where it ever came from because you know love was crucified. I mean that is the definition of tough. Because somewhere during the 60s, love was like easy and, and sweet and free, and it wasn't love. Hello? Yeah, love corrects. Love chastises. Love's warm and fuzzy too. Love, love gets angry. Love will protect their family. Right? You can be warm and fuzzy. God forbid you have a an, a, a, an entry into your home. Somebody breaks into your house. How warm are you going to shake their hand? with a 45 that's going to be the love of God right there can I get a witness from the Alaskans in the house of the Lord you picked the wrong house let me give you some love leave you know give an option Look at verse 29. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? You know why I think his sons were doing, why he allowed his sons to do it? You know why I think Eli rebuked them but didn't really fix it? Because I think he was getting blessed if you could use the word blessing, I think he was getting paid off. He was, he was getting something out of the offering. I think he was part of the ripoff. You know, my wife got this saying somewhere, and she's not feeling so good tonight, so she stayed home hunting. She's on. Be healed, sweetheart. Shout out to Bobby all the way in the eastern part of our country. I love you, brother. My wife, uh, I think she got it from somewhere, but it was in our home, and, and it was, this was a statement. She would say, if you win, talking to the children, if you win, you lose. Amen. If I win, you win, so I'm winning. Do you understand? It's, it, it, in terms of correction, you can't win with your rebellion as you push back. You say, you kid for rebellion? Look, sin is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod will drive it far from them. All of us have a fallenness. And you have to learn to curb that. You've got to learn to obey. Kids, Kids, Daniel, you're awesome. You've got to teach your kids to obey. You've got to teach them to obey. They don't obey naturally. And all the parents said, hey, Amen. All kinds of different personalities. We talked about that last week. You've got to win. You have to implement rules and teach them and and, and win. Your will must be exerted over theirs without crushing their spirit. And you never want to be controlling in a helicopter and do it with anger. Remember what I said last week? If you use anger and fear and manipulation, then you've introduced a demonic into your relationship with your children or anybody else you're using your witchcraft on. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. use consequences and you use logic. It's what the Lord does. The Lord doesn't come and scare the life out of you, although there are some exceptions. I didn't come to the Lord because of hell. I did not. Some people do. I came to the Lord because of his, his unfailing love and kindness. Constantly, constantly wrapping his arms around me. Constantly wooing me. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And then the chastisement too. It's like, let me see, if I don't serve God, life is painful. If I serve God, I end up blessed. Let me see. I think I want the blessing. I, I, I don't want to do the other one. Amen. And yet there's people that constantly stick their finger in the pencil sharpener. And then he heals up and they're like. Yet disobedience is going to cause you to have a painful life. You want to hear that again? You know, I don't <laughs> I remember, it's a vague memory, but I remember getting in trouble in school and you know, my mom was in the congregation. She could probably testify, but I remember getting in a little bit of trouble and coming home, you know. And uh, you got in trouble with the teacher when, when I was a kid. You got in real trouble when you came home. That's not the case anymore. Now, now you have parents suing teachers. Because authority has been so undermined. And granted, there are some teachers that need deliverance. I I know that. It's a sacrifice. We've sacrificed in our home to give our kids a Christian education. I believe in that. If you have a word from the Lord to send your kids to Christian school, then by all means do it. But if you don't, I wouldn't. Just saying. You've got to raise your kids so that they can really understand and know and walk in the fruit of the Spirit and know the Word and learn how to stand in the midst of a sewer because the public school system is sewer. And I hope that there's strong, anointed kids that can go in and make a difference in there. Hello? Hallelujah. Yeah. Did you just knock public school? Yes, I did. Right. Right. You, you, should, you should hear the stories that we hear. The, what kids have to go through. How they're picked on for the, the color of their skin or picked on if their, they're their, their bigger or thinner or, or, or their nose is crooked or the fact that they're Christians or they're, you know, goody two-shoes. Oh, you're just a goody two-shoes. That's another word for pure. I think pure is good in my world. Pure is a good thing. Oh, you're just a goody two-shoes. Shut your mouth. Now, I got another side. I got a father side to me that just I'm happy to, to take a bullet for any one of my kids if need be. And every parent would say the same thing if you're in your right mind. Or you're like that one king. Oh, thank you that all this trouble's not going to come in my lifetime. Ooh, at least it's not in my lifetime. Whoa, what a jerk. Was that? Hezekiah, is that who it was? The spirit of stupid on him for sure. Some people are so quick to defend their kids when their kids are manipulating the system. You know, let me just say this. This is going to offend some more people. Um, we, we never bail anybody out. We have a policy at KC. We will not bail you out. So if you find yourself in jail, don't call for bail. Because we're going to have to tell you, so sorry. May the Lord minister to you while you're in jail. Amen. So that's not right. Oh, isn't it? How would you end up there? I really had nothing to do with you. You didn't? You know, let's see. I'm innocent. There's something, about, there's something about moms, and thank God. Thank, I mean, thank God for moms. But you know, when he pulls up in front of your house and he's 27 years old and his car is filled with smoke, and it's filled with people doing things in the car, and he gets out, and mom looks out the window and says, Oh, Johnny's home. He's still going through that phase. It's not a phase at 27. So you're gonna give him some money. No. Johnny should be kicked to the curb if you don't mind me. I say and and you ought to pray for him till he comes out the other side. My wife's not here, so I could just bring it. She's in a thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she helps me though. No, you need to pray. I'm not saying you don't love them, but love, love has love has standards. Love lo- love has boundaries. Love, listen, some of you've bailed people out. You should have left them in there. Some of you allow for them to continue to stay on the dole when they're not living right. I'm going to tell you something. It could be that blessing has been held up in your life because you're endorsing their nonsense. How about love them enough to cut them off? I think you're talking about my husband. No, I'm not talking about your husband. I I know of a story where uh, a man who was being ministered to ended up in jail. And it was a uh, domestic violence situation. And um, a pastor friend of mine went and bailed him out because he was discipling him. So he went and bailed him out. The guy got out of jail. They spent some time having coffee and prayed for him and helped him and did a little bit of Bible study kind of thing. And he's repented. He's like, I can't believe I... You know, I hit my wife. I mean, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you're out. Come on, let's, let's just go back. You just, you know, get some rest. Let's get you guys healed. Okay. So he decides in the middle of the night to go up and go home to see his wife and almost killed her. How many of you know, homie should have stayed in jail? Save your money if someone's in jail. I'm totally serious. Let, let, there's a good reason they're there. And even if they didn't do it, then what were they doing with the, all right, mistaken identity. I, I'm sure there's, there's some instances, there's some instances where they're totally innocent. But bad company corrupts good character. so what, what, what are they doing hanging out with stupid anyway? Come on, smile at me. We're talking about passing on or on. You've got to pass on or on. You've got to teach your children to honor the Lord. Oh, you too will have a prison ministry. Right. God is the one who warns us. He warned Eli. You say, why? Why does God do that? Because he loves you and he loves your kids. And he'll use the likes of this bald head preacher and other people to tell you that you've got to learn to discipline your children. You've got to, you make them come to church. If they're living in your house, they come, they're going to get upset. So what? So what? Listen, it takes, it takes a spiritual act of violence to raise a man of God, to raise a woman of God. You make them come. You have, you see, I have to make, yeah, you make them go to school. Say, so what if they've grown up and they're out of the house now? Well, you model what it is to be someone who honors God and you pray your ears off. And anytime they, they ask you for, for wisdom, you give them the word and you constantly turn them towards the Lord and you repent for where you failed maybe. And you know, you can raise kids You can raise kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and then they get older and things can happen. I'm not claiming this for my family. This is not going to happen. I brought you into the earth, I can take you out. (laughs) Half kidding. But sometimes people can get connected with other people and defilement and hurts and wounds and, and 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 offenses and can get a part of things where maybe they'd get abused by a pastor or something takes place where it's just a seed of the enemy just comes in and a sliver just cuts their heart. And they can't, they can't imagine going to church anymore because it was so abusive and so painful and so difficult and they stopped going. And before you know it, they start making choices that are not God-honoring at all. Can that happen? Oh, it can happen. But if you will pray, listen, you gotta pray your kids every single day you've got to not only pray you have to model it you have to learn to sacrifice and be someone who honors God yourself and then you teach kid, your kids to honor them at all costs it'll cost you everything there were times of great intensity in this ministry where I thought you know something maybe we'll just resign I'm talking years ago Maybe I'll just resign and I'll sell cars or something because this is just too painful for the family to go through. Go and get some counseling and pray. And the Lord's like, no, no. Suck it up, buttercup. Get a hold of yourself. Pray through. This is a demonic attack. You can do it, son. You can do it. Get a hold of my wife. We start praying. We start believing. Push back that attack and get back in the game. Come on, the enemy wants to destroy your marriage, destroy your kids, and you have to teach them to fight. And let me say this, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, every generation is going to have to learn to break their own bondages. You're going to have to learn to overcome the generational iniquity and vent that, that your family has. I had to overcome mine. You're going to have to overcome yours. And you have to teach your kids to overcome. you got to teach your kids. Some of the very things that the enemy tried to use in your life to get you to go, to go south, to end up in hell, that you had to overcome. Somehow the demonic feels like it's got rights and will try to hit your kids. You have to teach them to battle that. You have to teach them to overcome. You have to teach them to honor God. Hallelujah. And it might cost you everything. Oh, but it's so worth it. If you're hearing things tonight that are irritating, don't get mad at me. If you're hearing things tonight that are bothering you, you go look at the word. Don't, don't, don't throw rocks at the messenger. I'm just bringing a message. I'm trying to be sweet. If you failed, repent. You know, I put up on my Facebook, and I'm going to go there right now, in church. I put up on, on, my, uh, on my Facebook an article that um, really touched my heart. And uh, it's about Hudson Taylor, the Hudson Taylor family. Let's see if I can find it. Hudson Taylor. Does anybody know who Hudson Taylor was? He was a great missionary to China, and uh, you can read that article at a, at a later time. I put it up on there to talk about his six generations of Taylors. It wasn't even Hudson Taylor that, that first ended up with the great burden for China. It was Hudson Taylor's parents, and growing up in the Taylor in the Hudson Taylor home. He got a burden for China. But it was his father that first started it, and you can see it's passed down to generations, six generations of people that are called China, the Hudson Taylor family. And, and you go read that article. It's, it's, I think it's called Legacy of Love. It's on my Facebook there. A Legacy of Love. Legacy of Blessing, pardon me. There's another article called The Legacy of Love, a similar thing. What kind of legacy are you going to live? What, what, what are you going to leave? For your kids. I mean what would they say about you? What would they say about you. When, you, when you're gone. We're all going to die one day. I pray it's not for a long long time. What would they say about you? What kind of legacy are you leaving? I know one of the things. At least I, I hope. I pray. And I believe that one of the things. My kids will remember about me when I'm gone. Which won't be till I'm 120. Amen. I'm going to live a long time. is I get up for morning prayer. I go to morning prayer. I get up for morning prayer. I go to prayer. I go to prayer. I go to prayer. prayer. I've gone to prayer since I got saved. It was harder when I first got saved for whatever reason. My mama taught me to go to prayer. My mama taught me to intercede. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for that beautiful woman on the fifth row back here. 21 day fast, 40 day fast, weeping, crying, praying. Hey mom, thanks. If Some of you have maybe not done the right thing in raising your children. Repent and get on your shield of faith and start hacking away at the cords of the enemy and watch your kids come back to God. Come on, don't, you don't just give up. You don't let up. You've got to teach your kids to honor God. We've got to pass it on to the next generation. Amen. Pastor Kirsten, I commend you, Minister Kimmy. Yeah. To me and my estimation of things, you're doing a marvelous job. Look at, she's drawing pictures. Look, she drew a picture of Pastor Daniel. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Pastor, uh, worshiper, guy. Would you come? God's honor will go on to the next generation if you pass it on. If you don't pass it on. How's that going to happen? So, well, they can end up in a church like this and somebody else can, yep, that's true. Teach the next generation to honor the Lord. Teach the next generation to tithe. Teach the next generation to pray. Teach the next generation to believe for miracles. Teach the next generation to honor God. Teach them. It's a good word. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. Stand up on your feet, won't you? I didn't preach long to you. Let's just pray for our families tonight. God, we thank you. Lord, forgive us. Let's repent first. Lord, forgive us for where we failed. we allowed something to come over the tv maybe that was defiling or forgive us for where we didn't sacrifice and where we caved into our own flesh forgive us god for where we might have grieved you lord we repent we repent to you and listen some of you need to repent to your kids <laughs> some of you need to repent to your parents for being such so mean and rebellious. Lord, we repent. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. And as fathers, as as mothers, as parents, we're asking God tonight that you would come by your power, by your anointing, and that you would give us wisdom. Yeah, I, I need to say this every child is different you can't have a cookie cutter method for raising your kids to teach them to honor the lord because every one of them's different my hannah my hannah joy who i miss so much is very different than daniel very different they're unique they're they're, they're knit together by the hand of the lord and so you have to hear specifically how to guide that one I remember years ago, Dr. Morocco with raising Jamie, which is his oldest daughter. I think she was 12, 12 years old, and he was praying for her. And the Lord spoke and said, "You need to allow for her to go to your sisters for for a season." So he asked her at 12, "Would you want to go to Aunt So and So's in Texas for the summer?" She's like, "Yes." So she went off for the summer and she was there and they had a Christian school and she decided to to stay through the the next year at 12 years old. That's young to send your child off. But, you know, Dr. Morocco's sister, Debbie, and and, um, uh, Bob Mason, a great, great, well, she's in heaven now, but I mean, a great people of God. And um, so she stayed there. When she came back, you know, she visited holidays, stuff like that. When she came back after that season, I remember what Dr. Morocco told me. One of the first things she said after returning home is, you know what? They liked my hair. They liked my hair in Texas. See, what, what most people don't know in Hawaii, in certain circles, if you're white, you're considered a howly. And she was picked on about her hair and her skin color and all of that. And at 12 years old, she went and there was people that appreciated her hair. There was something that happened. She got touched by the Spirit of God. She served God from that day on. Serves God today. She's a pastor on our staff, worship leader in Maui. She's a woman of God, married a man of God. You know, you've got to be sensitive to me. Could it be that if the Lord, if, if, if Dr. Morocco didn't hear that, that sensitive uncomfortable sacrificial turn that maybe she wouldn't serve God yes absolutely that's why you need to pray you need to pray and hear God what is God saying what is God saying in the raising of your children how do you what's the next thing where should they go to school what should they study all of that hey I pick all of my kids friends up until the time when they can pick their own Hannah's now picking her own Until they learn to pick good friends, I I pick them. That's controlling. You're absolutely right. That's why my kids have not been molested. They've not had problems like other other children have had in other places. They've, they've not gone through some of the heartache that I have friends of mine's kids have gone through, or to friends of mine that have gone through when they were kids. There's no sleepovers. Why not? Because of these these things. Can I tell you something? Sleepovers and these things are like a recipe from hell. If that kid doesn't, come on, I'm just telling you. you. If you decide to have sleepovers and you really trust the family, all that good. So I take their phone the second they walk in the house. Some of you are looking at me like, what? You're a little intense. Yep, yep, my kid's never been polluted like that. Well, God is good. As they get older, you have less and less, you have less and less control and you become a counselor when asked. But until that time when they're set and they're they're learning, you pick their friends. I've had had my kids be like, I want to go over so-and-so's house. Well, I got no peace about it, so we're not going. I've told you some of those stories. I've had people offended at me. You're not going to let your kid. Yeah, sorry, we just kind of don't do that. Until we do, that's when I have peace. When is that? When I have it? When does that happen? When he gives it to me? When is that? Maybe never. I don't know. Till I have peace, I'm not doing it. I don't. I don't have. I don't have. No peace, no deal, dude. I drive my car that way, mostly. I, I live my whole life that way. I, I, I find messages in the Word that way. I let God lead me. I feel the peace, the presence, the, the anointing on what I'm going to do next. And if I don't, I don't do it. Raise your kids that way. Help to pick their friends. Then the Lord has spoken to me or my wife about something and, and, you know, we look into it. Sure enough, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, God. The Lord will speak to me in the night. Through, Hannah knows it. Daniel knows it. He'll speak to me in the night about something. And I'll ask them, not necessarily a confrontation, but something that they're going through. Or he'll give me a word and it would be like, whoa. Did the Lord tell you? Yeah, the Lord told me. Like, whoa, that's, wow, that's creepy. Yeah, praise God. He loves you. He, you're my kid. You're my kid. He's going to talk to me about you every day. You'll always get busted. If you try to do something wrong, you're going to get caught right away. Because God speaks to me. Yeah. They don't like that at first, but they like it when they grow up. Come on, let's teach our kids. Let's teach the next generation to honor the Lord. Holy Spirit, we've repented. God, we've repented and we ask now, release wisdom from above. Not wisdom of the earth, it's devilish. Wisdom from on high, pure, peaceable, righteous. Help us to pass on, to teach, honor to our generation, to honor the Lord to tithe, to give, to pray, to honor your word above all else, to be people of sacrifice, that we would do whatever we need to do to see our kids become like Samuel. Lord, we would not be a people that invoke and invite a curse through allowing disobedience and destruction to enter our homes. We would be a people that honor you Lovingly correct and bring forth standards of righteousness in our homes, in the church, in our community. That that when it's all said and done, there'd be many generations like the Hudson Taylors, a legacy of kids and and, and, and great-grandchildren, <laughs> and great-great-grandchildren that serve the Lord. Should you tell? Pray and I talk and I preach to you and then the Lord talks to me at the same time and he spoke to me and reminded me again you would not even be standing here you wouldn't be here So it wouldn't be for a generation that sacrificed I've got I've I got, got some godly generations out there whole bunch of reverends mama thank you for paying the price mom I'm going to do my job I'm going to pay the price too come on somebody say hallelujah Come on, lift your hands to heaven and let the Holy Spirit just touch you. And if you come from a from a you know a, a line of rebellion, we'll start new for God's sake. Come on, you've been grafted into the kingdom. You don't have to just ride the pony of the curse. You know, come on, you can you can trade your pony in and get a stallion and live free and on fire for God and teach your kids to do the same thing. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Come on, cry out for His help generation to generation of people that love you and leave a legacy. I call forth backslidden children tonight. I call forth, Lord, those that have turned their back in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy a mighty homecoming, a mighty homecoming. They're coming home. We're calling them out now like Lazarus from the grave. Be Healed, be free. Be loosed. Lord, the grave clothes would come off. I call forth, Lord, those who once served you. Children, returning home. People that have been wayward. Oh God, thank you. Now help us to do our part. We would honor you above all. Those who honor you, you will honor. And God, we thank you and praise you. Put your hands together if you got something for Jesus. Let's close this service tonight. Uh, before we do, uh, we've got prophetic teams that are here. So if you guys can begin to come and just set yourself up in the front. They've been trained and gone through protocol. want to receive a prophetic word, you want prayer, they can prophesy over you quickly. If you need to go, it be two minutes or so. You let them know and they'll pray for you. Thank you, Carol. Appreciate you. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in the condition like that. Come on, just repent and give your heart to Jesus. You'll never regret living for God. Amen. Let me bless you, Father. Thank you for what you've done tonight. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. And may we be a people that teach a generation to honor you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't be-